Hello and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. We're having a walk through the misty mountains today. You can see the fog, the fog and the mist swirling around the peaks, not not far above us at the moment and probably heading our way. But hopefully we will get to do this podcast before the drizzle hits us. So this is the next episode in our Lao Tzu series. Uh, it is chapter 53. And uh, Lao Tzu's completely on the ball, as ever with this one. And uh, he's pretty much describing our situation that we're living in right now. Bless his little cotton socks. Yes. (laughs) All right then, so let's have a read through and then have a bit of a discuss about what he might have been thinking on this day when he was writing this. If all I know is a fraction then my only fear is of losing the thread. The great way is easy, but people are forever being taken down side tracks. They look after the palaces, but ignore the fields. The granaries are empty, but they wear wonderful clothes. They go about with arms and gorge themselves on fine food and drink. How rich they are. And they have stolen it all from the poor. They are the robber barons of now. This is not the real Dow. Robber barons, I wonder who that might be talking about in our day and age. (laughs) It just seems completely apposite. Especially with all the Brexit food shortages, which uh, incidentally are set to get a lot worse over the next six months or so. (laughs) Well, I was thinking to myself, we haven't done a Lao Tzu since July the 1st, so it's getting on towards a couple of months. And I felt in the mood for just resting my brain from uh, current affairs and geopolitics and all that stuff, and uh, and to just dip into our uh, nourishing friend uh, Lao Tzu. But uh, what, what happens is when I find the next one, and... Give it a quick read. It's, it's like there is no escape. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is robber barons have been around a long time, haven't they? Unfortunately, yes, and they're still here. All right, so let's start from the beginning. The uh, if all I know is a fraction, then my only fear is of losing the thread. That's a nicely obscure, just to get <laughs> us going. Yeah. <laughs> What he's talking about is a fragmented way of understanding. And throughout the the Lao Tzu, whether he's talking about politics or meditation or the cosmos, Lao Tzu is always employing a a non-fragmental mode of inquiry. He tries to think the whole. He tries to think the systems. He just doesn't think about a person in isolation from the community and society and customs in which they're embedded, all without also incorporating and accounting for the the universe, the biosphere in which those communities are embedded, in which that individual is also embedded. Very much a systems guy very much what you you might loosely call uh, a holistic thinker and he's quite explicit here he's he's saying well if you if you just think about the the tiny the the tiny details 
then you you do have a chance of losing the thread. It's it's almost like you need the, this big context to keep reminding you of a the systemic nature of the world, the process nature of the world, which includes all the parts of the world, including ourselves ourselves. It's a kind of a reminder. It's like this referral to the Tao. It isn't really a metaphysical backstop like God is in in more absolutist styles of thinking. It's a reminder to remember systems and, and to think big. You can go into the detail and into the weeds. He's not particularly against that, I don't think. But if you rely on that solely, you lose the plot. And, and you, you know you have a good chance of losing the plot and that, that creates a kind of a fear, which is in, in a sense an inhibition in one's thought and in one's understanding. So those couple of lines there actually are quite far-reaching. He's now about to sort of accuse the, our politicians of, of falling precisely into that trap of being fragmented. Yeah, well, well, Fra- all, all fragmental of, thinkers. Well, well, all of them, really. All the ones which are still drilling the bloody oil yeah. and all the rest of the crap that they're doing. It's like yeah. extremely short-term thinking. Yeah. That, that's, uh, yeah, the opposite to what he's it, just it, described it, in it, the first couple of lines there. It's, it's just fragmentary thinking, isn't it? And it's deliberately fragmentary. Yeah. And as, as much as I'm a kind of a fan of science, and you'll hear, you'll hear me talking science up in, in, in these podcasts, especially as a means of combating the, the superstition and ignorance of anti-vaxxers, anti-climate uh, deniers, and just general anti-science people on the right... We do have to be sort of a bit precise about the nature of science and about its fragmental nature in its modern incarnation. Now, science is moving towards a, a more holistic incarnation, a more systems thinking mode, a more uh, embedding in the big picture mode. But the science which is partly responsible for the, the current impasse, particularly ecologically, is very, very fragmental. It gets into the weeds and it loses the, the, the bigger picture very often. And it's, that's the kind of science that gets used to justify developing very harmful technologies. Anyway, that's uh, a lot to dig out of two little lines of that too. And this, this is how potent this stuff is, actually. Next bit... He goes on, the great way is easy, but people are forever being taken down side tracks. And I think that is what I've just described. The great way is easy. And the great way actually is, is, is Devish meditation, which is allowing yourself to be open. Not opening yourself particularly, because you are open <laughs> already. But you need to allow that openness to function. And the great way is allowing that openness to function simply by being with what actually is and what's going on. It's with you, it's with your consciousness, obviously. That's your raw data, your consciousness. But being, being with it and being open and receptive and that way the world gets seen in this, in this big way and with quite a lot of clarity. And this is something that he, he really works out quite nicely in the next one, which I'll talk about when we get to it, obviously. But people have forever been taken down side tracks. It's like it's right in front of you. This is it. This really, really, really is it. Sounds like a slogan, but it's the fucking truth. This is it. <laughs> you know, 
you want to be enlightened, this is it. But you prefer your dressing up and your magical rituals and your long, long journeys in, in seeking out wisdom and your... In distant uh, lands. In distant lands and in the hands of some kind of jolly dubious people who claim to be universal teachers. Blah, 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 blah. You know, in this cult and that cult and this this monolithic idea and that monolithic idea and this obsession and that obsession and this metaphysical signifier. On and on and on. Sidetracks, all of it. Labyrinths. Labyrinths. We love to go in them. I kind of say, get enlightened, then go in them. Cause <laughs> enjoy the view. Enjoy the view. Well, Take uh, some popcorn. Well, well, do you have any curiosity about, about the weeds, about the, the small stuff? Of course, you know, go in, figure it out, see what's happening. Take your popcorn, as you say. Pull up a seat, get your popcorn, <laughs> and come and watch the spectacle. And it'll it's just a, help you understand other people. It's a fucking spectacle. Who, uh, who are stuck in the uh, It's a fucking spectacle. It's yeah. a spectacle, but it's, 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 it's so bang on. He then applies that insight to the social organisation of his day, the society of his day, which obviously he was trying to escape from because he found it so corrupt. He wanted to bug out. He was old. He'd retired from the library, the Imperial Archives. He's going to bug out to Tibet over the mountains, some nice dry caves up there. And just, you know, have his last few years enjoying the mist and... So there's quite a lot of disgust, you know, or, or revulsion of the society of his day, and it was, it was obviously pretty corrupt. But uh, you, you listen to this, and as is, is the same, except at this kind of, a th- with a thousand times more uh, technological power. To destroy th- the world and yeah, the environment th- and a thousand, humanity. A thousand times more, more destructive potential in terms of arms, in terms of uh, uh, badly applied science to bad technologies. I mean, for instance, they look after the palaces but ignore the fields. Mm. Well, I think isn't Buckingham Palace in L- L- London just had a a couple of billion makeover or something off, off the off the back of the, uh, the the taxpayer, but ignore the fields. In the UK at the moment, the fields have, have, have got crops in them, but they're rotting because the stupid xenophobic uh, Brexit has resulted, for all intents and purposes, of the, in the exclusion of migrant workers who would come and pick those crops. Who turned out to be absolutely vital and necessary for yeah. our food supply, for but, us to supply our own food to ourselves. That's right, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, just so apposite, but, I mean, obviously in, in the big picture, you know, what really matters are palace or, or farms that supply food. Well, obviously it's farms that supply food. A palace is just a fucking adornment. Nobody needs a palace. You can't eat the palace. You can't eat it. And, and in fact, nobody lives in it, do they? Or hardly anybody lives in it. Do you know how many homeless people we could stick in, in Buckingham Palace? Yeah. And some nice apartments. Anyway, the next bit, the granaries are empty. But the, the oligarchs, they, wear wonderful clothes, of course, you know. We are, in fact, enduring food shortages now in the UK. Yeah, right, and, rising food poverty, right, rising child poverty. Yeah. And the Tories want to build a nice, shiny new yacht for themselves, which will cost two and a half million pounds. Whilst we've got all this poverty going on, and while children are going to bed hungry, but they oh, and they justify this by saying that well, to get 
good Brexit deals, we have to look terribly impressive with our very expensive yacht yeah. uh, for all the rich people to come and smoke yeah. their cigars and then we will get brilliant deals and it will be good for everyone. Yeah. Okay. Trickle down economics gone completely mad. But, but again, a universal principle. You know, let's draw out what's going on here with Lexi. He's saying, well, get your priorities right, isn't he? Simple stuff. Get your priority, priorities right. Get them granaries full. Get food security in your country. Just get on with it. Yeah, so the people just, can kind of relax a little bit as yeah, well. That's it. We can you have know, a, then we I have mean, a good the, life. The anxiety and the worry is just off the scale. Yeah. When when you don't really know whether you're going to have enough food. Yeah. And she says, but they wear wonderful clothes, and people keep going about Keir Starmer's a thousand dollar suit. You know. Well, what about Boris Johnson's? Flat resurfacements, but what is it? Is it with wallpaper like a thousand pound a roll or something ridiculous? Yeah, and then the next bit they go about with arms and gorge themselves on fine food and drink. And you've seen like an arms sales convention which they have in this country sort of quite regularly. Super, super, uber rich pe- people come in doing arms deals, selling arms to Saudi Arabia so that they can massacre the people of Yemen. And the heart of the corruption in the modern world is the military-industrial complex. And obviously something similar was pertaining in this period in in Chinese history, way back there, two and a half thousand years ago. And again, it was ever thus, unfortunately. But it's no time, in my opinion, to, to move past that. And to give peace a chance. Yeah, well, well, we have to. And put, I mean, if we don't, we're all dead, really. Yeah. But really right at the heart of that corruption is the military-industrial complex. And we have all this talk about climate targets, CO2 targets, but none of them include the military of the various countries that have signatories. None of them. And the US military is, is the biggest, I think the world's biggest emitter of greenhouse gases. But they're not asked to account for it. They're given a free licence because they are the military. Hmm. Next... How rich they are, and they have stolen it all from the poor. My God, the man's a Marxist. It's just true. Wealth is, wealth is created by the poorest people in society, because they actually do the work that creates it. Now, you, you hear kind of free market wallace saying, no, wealth is created by sale, at the, at the point of sale. It's no good making something if you can't sell it. It, you know, so that the wealth's created by salespeople or by traders on, the, on that adult view. But if there's nothing to sell, <laughs> there's no wealth, is there? No. I mean, the way, the way Marx talks about this, he talks about uh, yeah, you have the actual creation of value, which happens in the factory or the workshop or wherever, or on the farm, which is done by labour, by human labour. And then that wealth, it's in a potential form at that point, but it's realised when there's a sale, the realisation of the value through sale. So it's the whole process of production, trade, etc. that's involved. But at the heart of that, the very fundamental of that, is human labour. It's people actually working and making stuff. Now, the advent of robots might very well change the way we have to think about that. And I'm not sure that anybody's worked that through yet. There will be some work on it. I'm aware of uh, certain considerations by some economists, but I'm not really aware of a a full working through of that. 
But here it is, two and a half thousand years ago, like two. He's telling you, it's the guy in the field with the hoe, the guy planting the seed, the woman milling the seed, uh, into flour, etc., etc. The whole productive process, the people that carry that through are the creators of, of, of the wealth. The rich have done nothing. People say they take the risk. They say, you, you know, you should be more respectful to capitalists because they take the risk. You know, and you say, well, okay, they do, yeah. I mean, you can lose your money. If you put your money in a firm, it goes bump, you lose your money. You know, and you need capital to get the thing going. But don't the workers take a risk? The risk of being unemployed, the risk of having to leave their homes to go and find employment in another part of the country or another part of the world. Don't they take a risk as well? Aren't they stakeholders as well? In fact, they, they, uh, a, rich, a rich capitalist can insulate themselves against risk by storing value and build, building um, bolt holes and bunkers in New Zealand, yeah. you know. And having this, uh, a share portfolio with um, BlackRock, Inc. They've stolen it all from the poor, and this is, this is the truth. They are the rob robber barons of now, and they are robber barons. In fact, the term has been resurrected. It's a term that was used for American capitalists, sort of uh, in the 19th century, like the guys building the railroads and the steel. Still and so forth. This is basically robber barons. Their, their, their business practices leave, leave a lot to be desired. And there's a fair bit of genocide and uh, slavery on the back of that, that primordial capitalism uh, in, in the US in particular. And uh, the term robber barons was applied to a, a, a generation of hyper American capitalists, and it's now one that's finding itself resurrected. Now perhaps we've got like techno robber barons, if <laughs> I can put it like that, and and this advent of this almost post-capitalist techno feudalism. But either way, they've stolen it from the poor. Yeah, I mean um, this this recent episode in our history here in the UK, where we've got our own robber barons have have given huge amounts, billions of public money to their mates. Yeah. I mean, if that's not robbing the yeah. poor, I don't know what and is. There are thousands of cases of, of this just all the time. It's just utterly, utterly, utterly At the same time, they're, 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 they're taking, like, um, taking money off the poorest people in society by pulling back every pence that they can from the, the benefit system. Yeah. Like clawing yeah. every tiny bit back. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all despicable. But Oudslow too describes, says, oh, well, this is not the real Dow. This is not the real Dow. And it, cer it certainly isn't. Except perhaps maybe all of these aberrations and all of these getting losts in labyrinths are in some deep, deep sense ultimately a part of the whole. Of course they are, because nothing can detract from it. But that doesn't make them desirable. Like the, the Dow of understanding the whole, or at least attempting to embrace the whole, or be embraced by the whole, as opposed to just focusing in on little bits of detail. Here we can make a profit. You know, fuck any effect it might have on the environment. Don't even think about that. Overlook it. The, we can just pump all this stuff into the environment for free. The, the capitalist economists have always called it externalities, as, as though they could just ignore it. And in fact, it, you know, it's a little sleight of hand enabling them to ignore it. But the Dow says, look at the whole. 
The data's embraced the whole. The data says, OK, look at the detail, but don't get locked into the detail till the exclusion of the bigger picture. Otherwise, there will be some dis- kind of disaster. She's not very good for human beings and human society. And that's what he means there. This is not the real day. So, very prescient. Definitely. Yeah, he's on the ball. I don't know how anyone can say that uh, this isn't a political text. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, right, it's right in your face now. Yeah. Uh, one of the very prominent commentators, and I forget who, you know, you know, a scholar of this stuff. I remember reading some years ago saying that all, all the kind of the West's spiritual interpretation of it was really, really wide of the mark. You know, and and it's just utterly political through and through, and, and translated it in that way. I think he, he is concerned with meditation because he's concerned with the way our, our thinking pans out into into the, the realities. We use our, our thought processes to organise our society, to organise our production, to organise our means of survival, to produce our culture. This is all, these are all pro- products of our brain. Well, OK, they're products of our brain working in a context of an already existent society, an already existent economy, an already existent uh, ecosphere, universe, and the rest of it. And he's very concerned to draw our attention to, to the way our thinking very easily falls into fragmentation, into getting into the weeds and forgetting the, the whole. Not seeing the wood for the trees, they perhaps call it, you know. And that is a big concern, uh, concern of him, but he, he thinks that uh, certain med- meditation, and this, this, which we've tried to describe on numerous occasions, and which he does talk about, is the means to, at least moving in the direction of correcting our thought to make it more useful to us and m- more beneficial to us, less likely to lead us astray. It's because one of the, the, the big things that, that this meditation will do for you is help you to see things from many different perspectives because, you know, this sounds a yeah. bit cliche, opening the mind, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it does. Many of the problems going on in the world is because of short-term thinking and one-track thinking. Yeah. When you do this kind of meditation, you do expand out. Uh, it's almost like you can feel like a physical sensation where your mind will expand out and mm-hmm. it's like you will be thinking in a much a wider frame encompassing all the things that you were talking before mm. and when you when you do do that kind of meditation it almost becomes impossible to do just one track thinking mm. so we need to get the uh, the Tories on the on the mat uh, <laughs> to do a little bit of meditation and um, just open I, up a I little bit I wouldn't hold your breath on that <laughs> and I mean the, the truth is that a lot of so-called spiritual people are right-wing assholes you know and they style themselves spiritual people and they're climate deniers and vax deniers and anti-science and, and, and all the rest of it. There's a whole section of that, uh, I suppose you might call this Well, they're play, playing uh, fast and loose with the term spiritual, I would say. I know. Uh, but as I said, I did say self-styled, you know. Yeah. But the people who are, who are concerned with these areas, obviously in, uh, most likely in a very superficial way, but nevertheless, uh, there, it is there that there's, there's a whole 
swathe of that side of things, if I can put it like that. But really, it's quite fucking right wing, you know. So, uh, Tzu was a, an amazing optimist, I have to say. But of course, what he what he's offering. He's talking about opportunities in life, which nevertheless open up many side tracks, as he mentions at the beginning. He says the great way is really easy, but we want to make it complicated. So we whiz off down the, into the side tracks and the labyrinths. And uh, my estimation of a lot of the so-called spiritual scene is that it's completely concerned with labyrinths and side tracks, almost completely. It's uh, very, very sad, really. Yep, there you go. So there isn't a panacea, is what I'd be wanting to say about this. Even though it's, it's nice to be lifted by this, 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 this optimism, and this very, very bold statement of the, this kind of obvious stuff, vital stuff, strikes me. Anyway, thank you for listening. I hope that was interesting for everybody. And we'll speak to you again soon.